Do you believe in your business and want it to grow quicker? Make more sales, scale the business? Yeah, me too. I just love helping women in business and I want your business to be the best it can possibly be. You can expect truthful accounts of the highs and lows of business, struggles, traumas, epic highlights and priceless moments. I'll be sharing how this busy mum scaled a business from a local class in a village hall to 60 franchisees internationally. So let's get started. I'm Charlie Day and you're listening to the Entrepreneurs Growth Club podcast. I have got Cheryl Davis here from The Gift PA and Cheryl has such an inspirational story so I'm so excited for her to share that with you and on her profile it says just a girl boss building her empire and being the best mum I can possibly be and I absolutely love that so welcome Cheryl. Good morning hello how are you? Tell us everything tell us your story starting right from the beginning because I honestly think it is so inspirational well it's it's a long story so grab a cup of tea um but (laughs) it's um I've always been in hospitality and catering and trained at college and for the first part of my career kind of was restaurant based restaurant management based and then um ended up in a hotel worked for the same people two of the most amazing guys who have actually become my surrogate dads. They, I lost my, my dad died when I was nine, so I've never had that sort of father figure. And when I walked into this restaurant at 18 and took a waitressing job, little did I know that these two guys would actually help me every single step of my career. Um, so I spent years and years with them at a beautiful four-star hotel down in Christchurch, which is where I'm based in Dorset. And started as their PA and then developed this love for events and specifically weddings. So I spent probably from 30 to 35 um, planning weddings for them and events and crazy ideas that they let me just run with. And honestly, I can't thank them enough because it's given me such a good business ethos. And what they always told me was, whatever you can do for the customer always exceed their expectations and I've taken that with me every single step of the way with everything I've done and it was back in 2010 I did my first okay magazine wedding um, and I've been lucky enough to do two but at that wedding it was a dancing on ice winner and I met lots of the professional ice skaters so Matt Evers, Dan Whiston, Maria Filipov and they've all become my icy family now as we call each other but after that wedding, I was chatting the next day to Kieran Bracken, who had been on that series, and he was bringing an ice show down to Bournemouth called Kieran Bracken's Ice Party. And for some reason, it really interested me. So I did something that I was I never thought I would do, which was just approached him and said, I'd love to do some work experience for you. Unpaid, but I would love to come along and just see what you do. Um, and he agreed, and he was like, yeah, brilliant. So I spent that summer working my day job and doing three weeks of this ice tour. And after a few days, sort of became his PA. I was at the back of the ice rink, making sure everything he, he had everything that he needed, that the skaters had what they needed. I had an epic fall on the ice one day, never wear Ugg boots on an ice rink because you can't walk on ice. That hurt. Um, and I had the best time. And after that, I sort of came away and thought, nobody's really using the professional ice skaters so strictly was very much you know the the professionals had their own tours and their own sort of side 
businesses, um, but no one was using the professionals. So bearing in mind at that point, I had a little, little one, little, little one, a full-time job, absolutely no money at all because I was just out of a divorce. So I had nothing. Um, but I decided to spend a fortune and hire an ice rink. Hire two of the professionals, so Matt and Maria Filipov, who um, is a beautiful skater, um, had won with Ray Quinn. And I decided to create Icy Time, which was fans of the show could pay to come on the ice with the professional skaters and have a dancing on ice experience. So they would create some choreography, perform it, and then afterwards they have a meet and greet. So the first one lost some money. Um, but a friend of mine just sat me down one day and said, here's the money that you've lost on that event, because I genuinely believe you've got something here. He said, pay me back whenever you can, but go for it. So I did. And the next one was um, Matt again, who became my business partner. We did all of these events together. And then I also had Dan Whiston and Haley. So she, they've done the iconic Jai Ho routine. Yeah. Um, and they performed that at the event. And that one sold out. So I then went on to do four, five, six of them a year. And then we had always dreamed of having our own show, like a proper tour. So Torble and Dean always went off with Dancing on Ice. And we had this dream of the professionals on ice. And I think it was 2013, um, Jane and Chris didn't tour that year. So a production company offered us a six-week tour to go around the country with our show and if you've not seen the professional skate I mean they are phenomenal they throw each other in the air on the ice you know the head banger and so we were going to go on tour but that meant that I couldn't keep my full-time job because obviously six weeks out was too much so I had a choice and it was stay in my job which I loved you know my surrogate dads ran the hotel we worked amazingly together or take the leap of faith and go for it and it was actually my boss at the time that said you can't not do it it's time to fly so um i did i took the leap of faith and we went off on tour and then when i came back i opened my own event and wedding company yeah so it was um, scary but actually it worked really well because i had a little one at home i could work from home i could juggle everything and i had a i had a great time um but then in 2014, um, things kind of dramatically changed and a friend of mine noticed a lump in my neck, um, which I laughed off, I think as most people probably do, shouldn't do, but I think we do. Um, so I went to the doctors and just said, look, someone's said they can feel a lump, what do you think? And they agreed that there was something not quite right. So because it wasn't meant to be anything, it actually took quite a while. So I waited, I think this was like in the March, April. I had an ultrasound in the June um, and was given the choice because it wasn't anything big at that point. Did I want to go to see a consultant or did I want to just watch and wait? Being sensible, I went and saw the consultants. I saw them in September and he was like, your windpipe is all the way over to one side. Like that's a big lump. Um, ultrasounded it, biopsied it and said, whatever it is, it's got to come out anyway. So schedule, I want to get you in for surgery in the next kind of eight weeks. And me being me was like, nope, I've got a professionals on ice tour <laughs> in October that I can't let them down. So stupidly, in hindsight, I went on tour and finished that tour. 
and came back and had the surgery in that December. Um, recovered really well. I had an eight centimeter tumor, so it was a seven hour surgery, but recovered, didn't think anything of it. My surgeon said it went well. Um, and then I went back at the end of January for my checkup and I was diagnosed with thyroid cancer, oh which was a shock, as you can imagine. Um, yeah. Huge shock. And one actually that I'd never heard of. And, you know, I, we'd always been told to check our boobs and men, you know, check their balls and things, but I'd never been told to check my neck. So to me, at no point, I mean, I even went to the appointment on my own. At no point did I think it could be cancer because you don't get cancer in your thyroid was what I believed. <laughs> um, so I went straight back in. Um, he said to me, right, I need you in for surgery in the next two weeks. And again, me being me opened my diary and said, absolutely not. <laughs> um, he said, why? I said, well, I'm a wedding planner, but I'm actually a guest at a wedding in two weeks time. And it was actually uh, one of my ice skaters, Frankie, who was marrying David Seaman. And to me, I was like, I'm a guest at a wedding, let me go. But for once I had to listen um, and I didn't get to go. Um, but I was taken into surgery because it was, it was really important to get the other side of my thyroid out so they could start treatment. Um, and luckily they did because they found a one centimeter tumor in the other side as well. So it was all you know meant to be. Um, so I took some time off. I actually, again, the bonus of working for myself, I actually allowed myself eight weeks off this time because I thought I wanted to fully recover from the surgery, um, which took a couple of weeks because obviously it's cutting, you know, in, in, so you can't hold your head up or anything. Um, and the treatment is quite a random treatment. It's, it doesn't respond to chemotherapy or radiotherapy. So what you have to do is you have to prepare your body um, and get it craving iodine. So the way they do that is most people, so if you're underactive or overactive thyroid, you take medication to normalize it which is what you would do post thyroidectomy um but they take for me they took me off all medication for six weeks before my treatment which basically meant i was slowly um yeah just deteriorating and could, could sort of had less and less ability to do anything so thank goodness i could switch off for eight weeks and and not worry too much um and then you go into hospital and you're given a tablet and the idea is your body is craving iodine so much that when they give you this tablet, which is radioactive iodine, um, it kind of goes and finds any thyroid cells that are left, which are craving the iodine and it destroys the cells. Um, but by doing this, you're made dangerous to other human beings. So you're actually in isolation, um, three days in the hospital, nobody comes in apart from dropping a quick bit of food for maximum of like 10 seconds at a time um and then you are sent home to isolate away from your family for up to seven days i was i think i was seven days the first time i did it and again people don't really know about that treatment you know it's it's a random one um but it's also a very treatable cancer so during that sort of time i was thinking what can i do to help somebody's journey because actually i'm a very positive person but I can imagine if you're not and you're stuck in a room for three days with nothing really going on, anything that comes into the room stays in. So food that's coming in that I wasn't really eating because, I mean, who eats breakfast at six o'clock, lunch at 12 and dinner at five? Like it's the most old fashioned thing in the world, isn't it? A hospital food timing. Um, but it has to stay in. So I, I had one day, two day old food. You know, it wasn't it was as fun as I could make it, but it wasn't fun 
Um, the garden outside was basically dying. It was a miserable view. So I decided that I wanted to do something, but I didn't want to have the pressure of like a massive charity or, you know, I didn't know how I was going to be over the next few years. So I decided to do it through random acts of kindness. Um, so the first thing I did was I'd had an event actually, and the guy was a gardener. So instead of, I mean, a huge gardening company, but instead of asking him, no, actually it was the other way around. He offered um, to do the garden for me as a tip. So, you know, normally at events, you get a nice bunch of flowers or whatever, and he offered to do the garden for me at the hospital. So that was the first thing we did. And then that developed and I started um, a charity called the Second Smile Project, which basically raises the awareness of thyroid cancer, but through random acts of kindness. And it's called the Second Smile because my scar looks like a smile. And with little nieces and kids and stuff, I just wanted to make it fun. Um, so that's that's where the second smile came from. And I started sending out smile boxes for people um, who are going through the treatment. So on the low iodine diet that you have to do. So I was sending these boxes out and I suddenly thought, do you know what? There's got to be something in this because people were coming back and saying how wonderful it was and how much it put a smile on their face. And it was some unexpected kindness. And so I've always, I always had this little idea at the back of my mind. Um, and then life sort of went on. I was still doing 15, 20 weddings a year up and, you know, and this was all through last year, but something creeped in, which was a, very different for me. So I suddenly was suffering from anxiety, um, something that I'd never had before. It's probably a side effect of the medication because thyroid cancer is something that you treat lifelong. You'll never, you'll, you'll be in remission, but you won't necessarily ever get the all clear. Very, very spur of the moment in October, I decided that I needed to start 2020 with a different work setup, a setup where if I couldn't get out the front door, it didn't matter. I wasn't going to let anyone down by not being able to go to that meeting or to run that wedding. And um, so I just decided to leave all my freelancing work, which was ridiculously crazy because obviously that's a very brave um, thing to have is to have sort of set amounts of money coming in each month. Um, so I gave notice on, on my freelance deals and um, started January 2020 working on the gift PA, um, which launched on the 1st of February which was all about sending unexpected kindness through the post. Um, and I wanted to make it affordable. I think there's lots of incredible gifting companies out there, but I am a single mum, not very much money, and always found them to be too expensive. So I wanted to go down sort of a simple, affordable route for gifting. And who would have thought that <laughs> three weeks after, four weeks after I set the business up and hit live on the website, we would go into lockdown? And the whole world would want to send gifts. <laughs> there we go. It's an absolute blessing in disguise lockdown for your business, wasn't it? Definitely, definitely. And scary as well, because it went from zero to crazy in, um, yeah, in a matter of weeks. And how did you cope with that? How did you cope with that demand? Uh, I coped because I had my sister at the end of the phone, who also has a, an online gifting company for babies. Um, so we were each other's helpers because it sounds ridiculous but we were getting unbelievably stressed because we couldn't get a you know a particular face mask or we couldn't get a particular bar of chocolate or you know all these different things and you we were literally both sitting there packing orders and another 10 would come through and then 
we'd be packing orders and another 10 would come through and you can't complain that's the one thing we kept saying to each other we cannot complain because i wasn't going to be able to get any financial help i knew that um i had rent to pay i had bills to pay so every single time an order came through i kept reminding myself of a couple of things one i needed this to pay my bills and to keep a roof over our head but two actually if I couldn't get that bar of chocolate for two days or Royal Mail were running late, we're in a global pandemic. So actually, we kept reminding each other of that. We are in a pandemic. People are understanding. You're doing everything you possibly can. So don't panic. That was all I could really. That's how we survived, I think. And also awesome suppliers. I try and use as many small businesses as I can. Um, and they were in a similar position. You know, they were wanting to help but they couldn't necessarily get their couriers to get it to us quicker enough. So we just sort of made it. I don't know whether I felt like I was playing at business because it almost became like, because you had like my daughter around and, you know, my sister had the kids. It was almost like playing shop because it was something to keep us occupied. But then at the end of the day, you sort of sit there and you go, no, this is an actual real business. But I, do you know what? I had fun every single day and I had no stress. If you yeah. can have fun in lockdown with your business, then uh, you're winning, weren't you? Well, to be fair, I mean, <laughs> lockdown was absolute heaven for me because I didn't, you know, I'd spent all of last year not wanting to leave the front doors. <laughs> so you, know, you put out what you wanted and the universe gave it to you. Um, I've ordered some of your boxes and I am like the biggest advocate for the gift PA and I think your boxes are amazing. But the things that are in them are just incredible like things I've never seen before things that taste so delicious tell everybody like how do you find them and how do you know about them and and how do you make sure that your boxes are like the best oh bless you that's so sweet you have um you've sent some lovely gifts to people um I think for me it's quite simple really I think if I like it and if I would want to have it received you know if I would want it coming through the post and I'd open that box and see it that kind of is it makes it into the box but Again, you do a lot of um, searching. The, the basis of what I wanted to do was um, self-care and treats. I think we don't allow ourselves time to look after ourselves and to take time out. So it was very much that was the sort of basis of all the gifts. So, yeah, I just have fun. Um, Instagram is a great place to find. In fact, I've ordered this week because somebody um, messaged me on Instagram and introduced their business um, and their little like wish bracelets. Um, and they were beautiful. And I've just had 25 of them arrive yesterday. So I I love people messaging me. You know, I'm not always going to say yes because cash flow and all that jazz, you know. But um, I love it. I love Instagram for, for finding ideas. Um, but also things that I've used in the past. It's always going to be the colour scheme. You know, at the end of the day, if you're looking for something very specific. Um, but I've just spent this week looking for Christmas. And I'm so excited for the Christmas boxes because... I think people are going to really like the products, I hope, anyway. Give us a little insight, what's coming in the Christmas boxes, I'm so excited. <laughs> I've got, um, so I'm doing a Christmas Eve children's box um, with the most amazing hot chocolate bombs and they've got the marshmallows inside, so you pour the hot milk over them and the, the chocolate melts and the marshmallows are there. Um, mm. I've got some delicious all oh, like mince pie fudge which i think is going to be really good um i've got from america some bauble so i use a lot of face masks sheet masks and space masks which if you haven't tried space masks they're incredible but I i've got 
yeah, I've got bauble shaped face masks. So the packaging is like baubles and they're candy cane, gingerbread and vanilla latte. Because I think I think this year more than ever, um, people are going to want to be sending, you know, we don't know if we're going to head into another, you know, hopefully we don't head into another lockdown. But I think this year more than ever, online gifting is going to be really, really busy. I think people are going to want to send something. So I'm going to do um, like Christmas postcards where you can add a bar of chocolate. So instead of just sending a Christmas card, you send a bar of chocolate because I'm the sort of person that I don't really keep cards up. I know probably there's lots of people that do, but I'm not a card person. But actually, if you sent me a Christmas, I've got sort of um, peppermint bark chocolate. If you had a little Christmas postcard with that, and it was a little letterbox gift, um, and you sent that through the post, I'd much prefer that to uh, an expensive Christmas card. Me too. Um, and talk to us about the future of the gift PA, because I know you've got lots of plans, but share it, share it all with us. I think um, corporate is somewhere that I would really like to go. Again, there's lots of amazing companies out there, but it's all um, I'd like to really get to know some corporate businesses and, and bespokes and boxes and really make them exactly what they want. Um, and again, I think I was sent wine hampers and that sort of thing in the past, but I don't really drink. So it'd be nice to have an option that is non-alcohol for corporates. Um, but the bigger picture, I mean, I, I just want to... I want to create more letterbox gifts, I think, and definitely give people, I think people like the bespoke options of being able to pick and choose what they put in. So I'm going to concentrate on Christmas this, this sort of side of the year. And then come January, I'm really hoping to extend the letterbox range. Um, but I think from a business point of view, corporate, I think, is somewhere that I really am. All small businesses, so over lockdown, I did a couple of small businesses that had like 30 employers, uh, employees and they just sent out some little boxes. I'd love to work with, get to know people a bit more because I am very much in my house. <laughs> um, and the only way really to get over any of the anxiety issues, which, you know, touch wood, are disappearing, is to get back out there. So I know I need to network. Um, I want to grow my Instagram followers. Um, I just want to take it as far as I can take it, I think. I'm excited, put it that way, I'm excited. What I absolutely love about the gift PA is like often I'm very disorganized when it comes to presents and I can just say to you like, okay, I've got a present for a man who is 35 with a nut allergy and then you just sort it out for me. It is like the perfect gift for someone who's super busy. Do you find a lot of people do that or am I, am I an anomaly? No, absolutely. I think, um, I've kind of cheekily called it the gift PA concierge service because there's a few few of you that um, that do that now. And again, I love it. I think now I've got the confidence that the product that I'm offering is good because I think most of us always at the beginning of a business are kind of like, oh, I don't know if what I'm doing is right. So I, I've kind of got confidence now in the, in the product and I know that I can go very quickly, like when you sent me that message and I could put some items together, take a photograph, send it to you. Um, give you the price, give you a link, and it's done. And I try and get things out if I can the same day, if not the next day. Um, so it's there within a couple of days. So it's a really quick and easy service. And I think that goes back to my hospitality kind of background of, you know, do as much as you can and exceed expectations each and every time. 
Well, to be honest, when you said that at the beginning, I was like, oh my gosh, that rings so true because that is one thing that I don't feel that all small business owners do do. You know, if I'm going to make a sale and someone's going to buy from me, I'm excited. I don't care how much they're spending or who they are. I'm excited that I've made that sale and I say thank you and I try and go the extra mile like you're saying. But sometimes when you buy off small businesses, even small to medium sized businesses, I don't always feel that they are that grateful. So what do you feel that you do with the gift PA to go that extra mile? I, th- I mean, don't get me wrong. It's it's very difficult to exceed people's expectations these days because you can have everything, you know, you can have Amazon, you can have everything next day, everything, you know, you want to make sure is Instagrammable and same with the hospitality and weddings, you know, Pinterest and everything. So it's very, very difficult to exceed people's expectations. But I think from my point of view, it's, answering inquiries as quickly as you possibly can Uh, I think there's nothing worse than sitting there and not you know not responding to you know waiting for a response for like six hours or eight hours I do try and get back to everybody as quickly as I possibly can I think from my point of view I I'm posting everything first class these days I learned that from lockdown second class was going missing first class was arriving Um, and I think I'm going to continue that because again it's that quick and speedy delivery um but from a social media point of view i think i want to exceed people's expectations as in i want to carry on i never want to whinge about my business i've seen so many small businesses that come online and moan about how busy they are or moan about you know they can't get this or they can't get that people don't want, i mean people might want to but i'm not going to be delivering that you know i want positivity um and yeah, just hopefully can do everything I can to, to exceed their expectations. Good gift wrapping, a, a good customer experience when they open it. So initially my boxes were all postal boxes. Um, so it was designed to send to other people. But even when you opened it, you know that it's wrapped in paper, it's got a sticker, you open it. And just that lovely experience for a customer to have. So you can send a, a parcel very confidently knowing that they're going to enjoy it when they open it. But then it was you actually that messaged me. No, I think I messaged you, didn't I, when you were having a parcel delivered to your house for yeah. someone else. And um, I met, I always message somebody to to say, oh, it's it's in a postal box, so please don't open it. And then I decided to send yours in a proper gift box um, with ribbon and, and a card and everything on it and used you as the guinea pig. And you came back, didn't you? And you loved it. So um, that's now an option. And also for Christmas, I'm going to have wicker hampers, I think, as an option as well. Yeah, I, I think then you don't even need to wrap it. Like that present, I didn't even wrap. I just handed it. I was like, this is the easiest present situation ever. Um, but again, that was, my, that was my lack of, not confidence as such, but that was my thing of going, oh, will somebody pay an extra four ninety five for a box or £5.50 for a box? Um, and it turns out they will because it makes their life easier. Yeah, exactly. And if you think about like gift wrap and sellotape and the ribbon and your time, if you weigh that all up, then four ninety five seems like quite a good option, depending on who you are, obviously. If yeah. you've got all that to hand and you're very creative, which is not me, then, <laughs> you know, you'll be fine. But I'm exactly the same as you and, and on my social media feed and, and in everything I do, I want to see positivity. I want to be lifted up by the people that I follow. I want to feel good about myself and what I do. So I'm exactly the same as you. But how do you how do you manage that? Because I do find that there is a lot of negativity out there, um, and I'm trying to not focus on that. How do you um, how do you stay positive? 
I've had to. I think that is the the long and short of it. You know, it's 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 very easy to be negative, is what I've discovered. Um, and the last couple of years, I've very much decided that that is how I'm going to be. I am going to be positive, Polly, and um, that's the one way I get through life. You know, the I think you you get a cancer diagnosis and there's nothing else actually that really matters. You know, at the end of the day, um, I'm very much into mindset and I think I survive all of this because it's regular six monthly checkups. I had one the other day. Um, and you know what? I disappear actually. If I'm not feeling positive, I call it hibernating, but I hibernate and it can take a day, it can take a week, but there's no pressure. I will still get my job done. The parcels will still go out. But if I'm not in that positive mindset, and people know when I'm hibernating, they've kind of got to know me over the last five years. And, you know, I'm not doing it as often now, but um, they would just let me have that time. And, um, yeah, I think I have to be positive. There's no there's no other choice in my life. Um, you look back at it, there's been an awful lot of stuff that's gone wrong. But actually, I wouldn't be in the position that I'm in now if those things hadn't happened. So I very much look at things. Everything happens for a reason. I truly, truly believe that even the awful stuff happens for a reason. I absolutely love that. You're such an amazing person. I've, I've like got goosebumps when you're telling oh. your story. It's absolutely amazing. Um, as you know, Cheryl, I ask three questions at the end of every podcast that I do. So this is no exception. So I want to know who inspires you? Um, so obviously, personally, my daughter, uh, everything I do is for her. But from a business point of view, and because I started business, this particular business, three, four weeks before lockdown, I think I'm going to say Holly Tucker, um, because she's, she's saved small businesses, I think, through this, you know, her Instagram was incredible, her podcast was brilliant, um, she, for those that don't know, she set up Not on the High Street, um, and she was a big part, I was listening to a podcast that she did with Fern Cotton, um, yeah. when it first came out, and um, she was talking about how this day and age, most of us are going to end up with more than one revenue stream, so more than one way of making money. And up until that point, I'd been there focusing on the gift PA, like this is what my business is going to be, because that's what school teaches you, you know, and that's what she said at 14. We're asking our kids to choose their subjects that are going to map out their whole career. And that's not how the world works anymore, is it? You know, there, there isn't necessarily the job opportunities, even if you go to university. Um, and that was when I decided to start building a couple of side hustles. So I've started selling some fragrances, which I'm loving, um, and just looking at different ways to bring in money because I always want to work for myself. Like I, I'm loving this. And I always joke and say, well, if this doesn't work, I'll get a proper job. But then you have to remind yourself that this is a proper job. It's just, I'm loving what I'm doing. So it doesn't feel like work, um, but definitely Holly Tucker for sure. Um, what about books? Are you a big reader? Have you read a book that <laughs> changed your life? I'm not a reader. Um, however, I love an audiobook. Um, I'm one of these people that cannot, and actually it turns out it's, not, it's actually a real thing, but I cannot learn or take anything in from reading. I have to physically have it taught to me, either audio, visual, you know, videos, whatever. But one of the books, I do have the book, um, but I listened to it, was Mary Portas, um, Work Like a Woman. Oh, I haven't read that. So Mary Portas is, do you remember the redhead lady um, that's really full on for the high street? Yeah. Um, she's, I've always really liked her. And then this book came out and she's got an awesome podcast that goes along with it. But it's all about how 
she had a huge career, Harvey Nichols, you know, really, but was always put on that like alpha male kind of, I have to go in there with all guns blazing and I have to leave my kids at home with the nanny and I have to do this and I have to do that. And a few years ago, she decided to change her whole working, how she works, and that was to work like a woman. And so she basically decided that for a year at her agency, she wasn't worried about making profits, but she wanted to work like a woman and change the way the business worked. And um, I'm going to read what it is because it's, it's really inspiring. So it says, it's all of working like a woman is about changing the work culture, working with kindness at the core of the business. It's about finding your tribe and how to kill alpha culture. Um, and for me, we then went and saw her in conversation, actually, which there was about 200 of us in, in a little theatre in Salisbury. And I came out of that. And you have to listen to it. There's a TED talk on YouTube that explains it all fully. It's, it's so worth listening to. But I came out of that and thought, I don't have to change who I am at all to succeed. I'm a kind person. You know, I like to believe I'm a kind person. I'm not a shouty boss. You know, even when I was managing people, you know, it was always something that I couldn't shout and scream. I always felt very awkward after. So I came away from that and I thought, right, there was two things. I can absolutely work like that. And I do every year a big fundraising event called the Diamond and Ice Party. And for the two years prior to that, it had been a sit-down meal at a, another hotel that I knew um, and it had been amazing and we'd raised lots of money and everyone had had a great time. But on the drive home, my sister said to me, well, what's, what are you thinking? And I said, I'm going to cancel the sit down meal this year and I'm going to make a party that's all about me. And she's like, you got all of that from listening to Mary Porter. So I was like, yes. Um, so the last year, um, so I do that event with a friend of mine. I'm very lucky to have an incredible friend who um, is a pop star. So um, a guy called Gareth Gates is um, somebody that I do this event with. And I spoke to him and he was like, yes, babe, do it. This sounds awesome. So I had a street food market. So we had an ice cream van, a hog roast, a burger van, fish and chips. Um, everyone dresses like it's a proper black tie, big, like the sparklier the better. He rocked out. He's, he's very, very rock, soft rock kind of music. So he's got his live band. And I had a whiskey bar and a casino. And it was basically me in a party, which was rock up get your glam squad in, put a dress on, get on the dance floor, drink some champagne and have a really good time. And it worked. So I now have this amazing party that I is going to be annual. Can't do it this year, sadly, but we, we do it every year. As, and that's what funds my charity side. Um, because again, I don't want to leech lots of money. But yeah, Mary Portas made me realise that I don't have to change. Yeah, you don't have to be someone else, you can be you. And that's what I always tell people when it comes to selling. People say to me like, I'm not like you, Charlie, I, I can't sell. And I'm here to dispel that myth. It doesn't matter if you're, you know, an introvert. It doesn't matter if you've never asked for a sale in your life, you can still do it. You can definitely run a business. Absolutely, and I, and I suffer from imposter syndrome hugely. Like I. The, I, I genuinely wake up each morning and think, why am I, why are people buying this? Why, you know, and nobody wants to listen to me rabbit on on an Instagram story, but I have to change that mindset. Like that's got to change in order for me to be successful in business and it will change and it is changing. Absolutely. And what would you say if there was somebody listening to this podcast who's thinking about setting up a business, who's wondering if they should do it or not, or maybe they've already started, but they just need a bit of advice. What would your one piece of advice be? 
don't take the one negative out of 100 positives because that's what I would do. Um, luckily, I'm very, very lucky in the fact that I get very few. Um, in fact, I think I've had one or two in the whole time that I've done, but I will sit there and I will overanalyze that one negative thing. Um, and you just can't, and you just have to love what you do. Absolutely. Cheryl, thank you so much. You have been so amazing. And I know that people are going to love listening to this story. So tell people, where can they find you to A, buy one of your absolutely amazing boxes and B, follow your story and your journey? So you can follow me business-wise at The Gift PA on Instagram and The Gift PA UK on Facebook. And my personal Instagram is Cheryl J Davis with an E. Um, and that's where I do a lot of my um, thyroid cancer kind of stuff and my day-to-day -day journey. Oh, thank you so much. I'm going to pop those links into the um, podcast show notes so that everybody can find you and they can ask you any questions or order from you. I highly recommend it. Thank you so much, Cheryl. Thank you. It's been brilliant. Thank you. I've enjoyed this episode, then please come to my Facebook group, The Entrepreneur's Growth Club. And don't forget to subscribe and leave a review if you enjoyed this podcast. I'll see you all next time.